John 13, 15 says this, I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done for you or to you. Uh, that's Jesus speaking. And Jesus has set the example. And now we just have to put into practice loving people as he exemplified. And we will be perfect in the practice of neighboring. That's the challenge today to look at is perfecting the practice of neighboring. And as I mentioned last week, uh, I filled out an open life uh, March Madness challenge to try to predict which basketball teams would win and lose. This is nearly impossible, right? This is very tough. I am not in first place right now. I am in like sixth place, which is not bad in the open life challenge. I'm like millions back in the overall like scope of ESPN or whatever. But uh, I did figure this out last night. I sat down and looked at those that were ahead of me. And I do have a window of potentially being in first place at the end of this. Sorry, Erin, if you're in here. Uh, but uh, she is currently ahead of me and uh, by one place. We are the two people that have Gonzaga playing University of North Carolina for the championship. She has North Carolina winning. I have Gonzaga winning. So... Pray for Gonzaga, and uh, I just might pull off a victory this year in a bracket challenge, which is impossible, right? But here's the deal. This is why I bring that up. I love the passion of college basketball. When people ask me what's your favorite sport, I would answer college basketball. Why? Well, I think the other night would have been a perfect illustration. I was watching a game which I have already, all the guys in this side of the bracket, uh, have been eliminated that I picked. Uh, there was a game, uh, it was Florida against Wisconsin. And did anybody watch this game out there? You just turn on the TV and you're watching. It was like so neck and neck, which is what I love about March Madness, right? The very name means exactly what it means, right? It's just the madness of who's going to win. Wisconsin comes down the court with like 2.5 seconds left. This guy jumps off of an awkward foot double pumps a three-point shot, shoots it, and it goes in to tie the game. The crowd's going insane. And as he's backing up, he looks over into the crowd, and he finds Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers. And what does this guy who just made this double-clutch three-pointer do? Discount double check. He does the discount double check to Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, that is what it's all about. That had to have been a dream come true for that kid, right? Like, come on. Aaron Rodgers is cheering you on from the, the, the crowd there, and you're able to make the tying shot and discount double check. Aaron, that's like a commercial for State Farm. It was amazing. Well, they go into overtime as that shot, put them in overtime. So it's just this crazy moment. You're like rooting for the underdogs, which are Wisconsin. And, and, and they, sure enough, they go up by two with four seconds left. Florida gets the ball under the opposite basket, dribbles down the court. And what does this guy do? Jumps at the three-point line, lets go of the ball with under a second left, and it goes in. Florida wins by one point in overtime. Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. I love it. Like, seriously. You know why? Because I loved basketball. I played basketball. I look like a basketball player, right? You're looking at me going, 
yeah, his figure, like, he must have been into basketball. And uh, gravity had no control of me then. Um, different things have happened since, but it's all good. We won't dwell on that right now. Uh, so we, we were uh, watching this, and I was just going, you know, how many free throws did I shoot? And, and I didn't go play Division I basketball, like thousands. How many three-pointers did I practice? How many times I built a basketball court by hand with hammer and nails? I built a half-court basketball court on our farm that I grew up on, and I would shoot, and I would pretend over and over again, three, two, one, you know, and it's like, boom, goes in, yeah, we win. Like, that's what each one of those guys practiced and practiced and visualized and dreamt of. That guy from Wisconsin probably couldn't even have dreamed clear enough to picture Aaron Rodgers in the stands that he could discount, double check. Aaron, I just couldn't get over it. And my, my girls were still awake watching it with me. And I was just like, they, they had to have been going out of control. Because for like 10 minutes, I'm still walking around going, unbelievable, you know. <laughs> he discount, double checked Aaron Rodgers. I just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. But something made them believe they could do it. Something made those guys believe this shot's going to go in even if I go off the wrong shooting foot, double pump and throw it at the basket, it's going to go in. And, and what made them believe is it's been done before. That's why they call it March Madness. Their coach huddled them up and said, you can do it. And he meant it. Why? Because most of the coaches have been there. And they themselves have been in a game that was either won or lost with the last second. Never give up. Well, I, I can see this beautiful parallel in between following Jesus and putting our faith in Jesus and neighboring and loving those around us and this experience with, like, the practice of these players. It's repetition, right? <clears throat> we, have a fo- we have an example to follow in Jesus and those who have followed Jesus way longer than all of us have followed Jesus. And we could see what they've done that has worked to express love to others that don't or haven't yet experienced the love of God. And we can follow in the way they have practiced their faith and learn the wins and pitfalls so that when we have that moment, we don't give in to the doubts and the fears, but we take a step in faith and actually neighbor well. It's pretty simple when you think about it. We have examples to follow. We can love our neighbor over and over and over, like shooting a free throw over and over, like shooting that winning shot over and over in practice. And then all of a sudden, we'll have a game time moment and we'll be able to toss the ball in the basket. He shoots, he scores, right? And uh, and it's madness. And we have that opportunity to either pull in the garage, close the door, and not say hi to the neighbor that's out watering their grass. Or we can park outside, even though there's room in the garage, get out of our car and say hello. That's, that's, we just have an opportunity all around us. But if we practice in our mind, if we visualize, if we pray for these opportunities, we'll have an opportunity to follow through. And put into practice this neighboring thing we've been, we've been talking about. So I was just dumbfounded by last second shots and watching these games go. And, 
And I, I just couldn't imagine. I was watching, like, they did a pan to Aaron Rodgers' face, and he was just laughing and, like, pointed at the guy that discount double-checked him, and he was filled with so much joy. I was, like, like I said, 10 minutes walking around going, what, what? That is awesome. It's just, there was, like, joy. And then I started thinking, think about when we neighbor well. Think about when we finally say hi or get our neighbor's name and can pray for them by name and need. Think about God just looking down on us and saying, well done, man. Well done. What? They're an introvert, yet they walked across the yard and said hi to their neighbor. What? Mind blown, right? I mean, it's just like, I just can't imagine, like, the joy I felt and the joy that God feels for us when we're all of a sudden loving people the way he intended. It's just, it's got to be interesting. I wish I could be there and just watch the light in God's eyes when we put into practice the challenges that he presents us in scripture. It's got to be beautiful. Well, our big idea today is neighboring is perfected in practice. Neighboring is perfected in practice. And that's ultimately what these players do to get where they're at. But it's also something where we actually got this concept was in the the realm of art. Art is one of those areas that is perfected by doing. We were kind of looking at, like, how do you express this that it would visually make sense to people? Being an artist at, at neighboring, ultimately, art is created and continued. And to make a masterpiece, an artist has to perfect their craft by doing over and over and over one little happy bush at a time, right? Little happy cloud over here, little happy bush. And you just kind of start painting and you do art over and over maybe thousands of times and all of a sudden you get it and that becomes a masterpiece. When you read some of the stories of the masterpieces that exist in this world, it wasn't their first painting, it wasn't an accident. It was perfected in practice. And we have the same opportunity to perfect neighboring by practicing it, by doing it. And yeah, sure, man, we might mess up that cloud the first time or second time or 500th time. We might mess up that grating. We might say something weird. We might be stumbling over our words and feel all clunky and awkward. But eventually, it'll be worth it. And we'll see somebody's life encouraged. We'll see hope brought into somebody's world that's and need a hope, peace brought into somebody's home that needs peace. Our thoughts today, the first one is you lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. You lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Uh, Jesus' challenge, his like final challenge was called, is called the Great Commission. And it says this, this is where it's at, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's challenging us personally and collectively all at once, right? When we lose sight of the mission of Jesus, which is right here that we're supposed to share all that Jesus taught us, and we begin to believe that it's more about 
like the organization of followers of Jesus or the church to do it all or the pastors will take care of that. They'll share Jesus. Then we lose sight of how to really spread Jesus' love to other people. That's never God's intent. It's not that an organization would fulfill the Great Commission. It was that people would fulfill the Great Commission. When Jesus makes this statement, he's, he's freeing you to make disciples. He's freeing you to baptize people. He's freeing you to walk daily in the power and presence of the Spirit and kind of listening to that nudge or unction to make him known to others through just sharing your life and growth and relationship with Jesus. It's through your surrender to Jesus that the Holy Spirit will guide you into neighboring well, into listening to your heart, into following the ways that align with his scripture. And sure, Jesus was challenging all the disciples here. Again, it was collective and individual, right? But I believe he was really making eye contact in the room. And I've been in scenarios like this, so let me illustrate. Um, one of our relatives, I won't pick on anybody in particular. Shoot, my wife's in service, so I'm going to be in trouble today. But anyway, uh, hi Dana, I love you. Anyway, uh, the, uh, one of our relatives likes to give gifts that will help our family. Individual members of our family, maybe like get in shape. So um, I want to introduce to you Exhibit A to the jury. This is, this was a funny story. And I'm not going to tell it. I'm going to maybe change some names and stuff in this story. No, uh, I was asking one of my daughters how she recalled this going. And it was a little different than I wrote out. But this is a weighted hula hoop. A weighted hula hoop. There's, by the way, different weights that you can purchase. This is the heavy one that will help people get their abs in shape as they hula. And uh, there was a certain holiday when gifts were being distributed to family members from this particular relative that I hope is not listening to the podcast. And uh, we, uh, uh, but it is a good illustration. Uh, after every family was receiving theirs, except for one because they didn't need it. We were, as, anyway, um, it, it was expressed that this would be particularly helpful for, for one family in the room and, and individuals within that family. You will really, you know, I got you the heaviest one because it'll really help you, right? And it was like, man, whoa, so we need this. By the way, I think it was Jenna that first tried this, and it bruised her hips. Remember that? Um, funniest story is like this. I had to take this from one of our uh, family members' rooms because they'll read a book while doing this. And it's not me, obviously. Uh, although it would help my ab. I just have one. I'm not going to demonstrate this on the platform because I'd break lights and hurt people in the front row. So I uh, uh, am not good at hula hooping in any way, shape, or form. But here's what happened. There's nothing like being in a room and everybody's getting gifts and it has to do with getting in shape and, and somebody kind of going, well, this will really help you. 
right? And maybe you're sitting here today and you're going, I don't neighbor. And you're hearing Jesus say, you make me known to other people. And you're like us in that room holding a weighted hula hoop going, for real? I came on this Sunday. I've got to do what? Right? And you're just like, but the challenge is there in Scripture. And it is for you. And as awkward as it is, got to step inside the hula and just start to try to, how does this work? And why? Right? Um, and it's just, you got to get in there because sometimes you hear you and you feel as awkward as we did getting this gift. When you know it was like, for you, but everybody else got one just to make you not feel quite as bad. The, and, uh, and so you felt kind of pointed out in the room, and, and uh, it's still good for you to do. One of our core values is helping people experience Jesus. And the question is, how are you doing at this? How are you doing? How are you leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus on a regular basis? This happens when we neighbor. It's the most practical illustration Jesus gives us to spread his love. is by doing it with our neighbor. Maybe it's not in how you say it, but it's in how or what you do to express the love of Jesus. We pastors are often asked, in fact, I was helping coach a new church um, that, was, that was starting in a community, and they kind of wanted to hear how we engage the community, and I'm telling all the different stories of what Open Life has done, and it always comes down to this question. This question will be asked every time. Is this a fad thing, or is it an open life thing? Is it truly the culture of your church, or is this just you? And it, it's a great question. Great question. But then you start to think. I, I'm not the one who has 100 sweet cases for foster families in their garage that's going to deliver them to DSHS. I, I, I wasn't the one who built all 100 of them. 74 of them were built by Sumner School District and city leaders and at a, at a community summit event. And the other 26 were built by our youth on Wednesday night. I wasn't the one on the phone with uh, CPS this week trying to help a family move forward and, and, and help kids get out of a compromising scenario, out of compassion and love. I wasn't the one on, who said, dude, car, in front of my house last Sunday when I got home uh, because someone was, that's in our neighborhood was in service and listening to the talk. And you could listen to the podcast if you're wondering what that's about. I wasn't the one in the fall begging to go outside in the dark after dinner to rake leaves with all of their third grade friends helping a neighbor. I didn't apply to become a foster parent. I didn't place measuring cups with a warm welcome note to neighbors around them saying, if you ever need eggs or flour, feel free to give us a knock. Here's our number. We're this house. I didn't cross the street 
and water our flowers when we were on vacation last summer. And that was all neighboring. Neighboring in the community, neighboring in the neighborhood. And I just look at, there's so many more stories we've yet to hear from you, and we'd love to hear your neighboring stories. But I would say you're catching neighboring. I would say you're catching loving others, and there's lots of examples in the room. And none of, those, none of those are our story. So, yeah, is it a you thing? Initially, absolutely, we lead by example. But I think it's amazing to hear the stories of neighboring happening by you. That's what we're passionate about. Can't wait to hear more. Thought two, stub your toe. What? You heard me. Stub your toe. If you were our neighbor in a house right next to us, or maybe close to us if our windows are open. You would hear two individuals within our home the most, and what you would hear is probably something like, ouch, like that. When that sound comes out of the huff home, uh, that usually would mean Dana or not to name any of my kids, Jocelyn, uh, have stubbed their toe. It's, it's a gift Dana passed down to Jocelyn as the recipient. And uh, I don't know how it happens, but it's frequent. And usually it, the questions that follow are, did it, is it broken? And it happens for days afterwards and you get to see how black and blue it is how the nails broken and you know you get the whole story but it begins with oh well it's changed a little I should correct if it's Jocelyn <coughs> she's figured out where the gift came from she'll more express it like this ouch mom because she's so upset that this gift was passed down to her of all the children. I kid you not, I don't know what it is, but, but they can stub their toe on anything. And, and it is stubbing your toe hurts. I've done it maybe once in my life, you know, so I get it. I can recess of my memory, remember. But if you ask them, there's one thing for sure, that they could prove the quote by Charles Kettering True which says, you never stub your toe standing still, I think, right? I mean, maybe you could, but, but it's, it's a strong gift. It's a powerful gift. But uh, no, you have to be moving. You have to be moving forward to kick something that's in plain sight. But anyway, uh, have, you ever, have you ever witnessed a child stumble and fall and then just quit trying to walk? Or crawl? Heck no. They get right back at it. And you're like, how did you not learn? You know? It's just, we're, we're created to move forward. Like, we're created towards action. And action is the only way. It's okay to fail. It's okay to stumble. But try to stumble forward, right? We're created to do something with our life. Matthew 14, 24 says, meanwhile, this is a story that may be familiar to you, but I'll read it again here for you if, if, if it's not. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were 
fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. Yeah, for reals. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost, right? They're freaking out. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Go, right? Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Wow. That would have been amazing to be present and experience. You would have been wet in two different ways. One from the rain. The other from, well, never mind. Uh, you, you would have just been so scared. Okay, moving on. Maybe you have begun answering the call to neighboring or you haven't begun answering the call to neighboring because you have too little faith or you're filled with doubt. And so you just haven't like, man, I'm not going to, I don't know what to say. I'm going to make a fool of myself. I'm going to strike out. And you just haven't served your neighbor in any way, shape, or form. You haven't said hi. You haven't introduced yourself. You haven't learned their name. I have good news for you. The person who experienced walking on water, the only disciple to walk on water, the only person other than Jesus to walk on water, was someone filled with a lack of faith and doubt. In fact, this same individual, Jesus promised, would be the foundation of the church. And he did start the church. If you continue to read into the book of Acts, the church was built upon his leadership. The same guy. Why? Because he got out of the boat. He was willing to get wet. I once heard a speaker say, I'd rather... Be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. Serious. Never forgot that. The disciples were paralyzed with fear. They were, you know, they embraced the perceived reality that they were going to drown and they were calling out for help. But when Jesus came, they embraced the fact that he was a ghost. It's a ghost, they shouted, right? Except Peter, who's like, oh no, call to me. I'm going to jump into the water and walk on it with you. Crazy, right? This story is amazing of how it parallels neighboring, especially with what the media or entertainment would try to get us to believe. They would try to paint a picture of neighbors that is a little weird, right? I mean, think about it. Christmas time, home alone. The neighbor with the shovel, the old guy. The creeper who kills kids and hides them in his house, right? That's what they're, they're like, oh, he's scary. And so, like, yeah, Macaulay's terrified about the guy across the street. But what does he end up to be? Just a lonely man who nobody took the time to get to know who was estranged from his kids. And you cry at the end as he's hugging them and making up with them. It's beautiful. 
the neighbor's always crazy, right? Maybe you're living in a village. In the neighboring, the neighbor that's not too far away is like a beast, right? Everybody's going and seeing beauty in the beast. And, and the beast is a little weird at first, but then you get to know him and you see things you haven't seen before. And it turns into a song and everybody comes to life in the end. It's beautiful because it's beauty in the beast. I mean, come on, who hasn't seen the spy next door type concept? What an easy pitch for a movie. Whether it's a kid's movie, whether it's a, an adult movie, it's an easy plot that there's, the neighbors are just a little off, something a little off, and then you figure out, oh yeah, yeah, they're spies. They're going to try to take over the world, and I'm going to be jealous of them and try to keep up with the Joneses. Anyway. Whether it's a great movie or a TV show, it doesn't matter. The neighbor always ends up being crazy. Because you need that tension in a plot. But Jesus said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. And we have to somehow get past this plot that's been sewn into our head about our neighbors. And get to know them. Jesus, if we were to ask him, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to get to know my neighbor? He would say the same thing he told Peter. Yes. Yes, give it a try. Jump into the water. Stub your toe. Get your feet wet. Something like that. And in an effort to have the perfect plan to avoid sinking or to make sure the light is exactly right in the room so I never stub my toe again, we never start. We never begin. Until we're free to fail, we're never free to succeed. So we need to give ourselves license to get active, to move forward. Peter was willing to stub his toe. He walked on water when no other disciple would get out of the boat. They were willing to drown, but he jumped out and said, no, this is, if this is Jesus, I'll walk. What's the worst that could happen? I'm a fisherman. He better have been able to swim. So he jumps out. Jesus is inviting us to step out into neighboring. One of the greatest cures for the discouragement of failure, as as Peter experienced, is action. He experienced both. So we need to get back up and stub your toe again, if you must. Final thought. Thought three, live your life open. You probably filled in that blank already if you're taking notes. 1 Thessalonians 2.8. because we love you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Our lives as well. Not just preach at you. That's not what neighbors are for. I see what you're doing in your backyard, neighbor. Jesus' name, I pray that you would be... (laughs) Stop it in the name of Jesus. What is that? No, that's not the goal of neighboring. It's easy to close everything off and Make yourself look unavailable. Build the fence higher. Plant trees taller. Fences, garages have caused us to be closed community for the matter. For that matter, some move to the country to just get away from neighbors. I just want to get away from people. It's hilarious to hear, you know, they're starting to, to cut down the trees and build Costco tomorrow, right? And so, so, so they're going to shut down 410 at night. That's going to be awesome. People are looking forward to that traffic. And, uh, and so, so you read about these things that are happening, and, and, and I love looking at the comments online, uh, and people are like, ah, oh, people are coming. 
It's going to get bigger. I'm going to move farther out. I'm going to move farther out. People. I don't know about maybe. I'm weird. But I love people. And I think that's what Jesus is challenging us to do too. Is, is man, we should love Jesus and follow Jesus and love people. Yeah, none of us like traffic. I just really hope I could park for 10 minutes on a highway. That None of us vote for that. But yet we love people. And God put us in a place here in our community where we have an opportunity to have neighbors. And Jesus has encouraged us. He's encouraging us to get active in our neighbors' lives. We have to make choices. I know the moment we started Open Life and started talking about this open culture, I made a choice that I would not go through a drive-thru again unless I absolutely had to. I get out of the car, and I go in. Call me crazy. Crazy. I am. I just get out. Because there's so many opportunities that could happen if I just be present. So I walk in. It doesn't take that much. Oftentimes it's faster nowadays because everybody's going through the drive-thru. You can order your stuff in advance on your phone normally and just walk in, grab it. What's up? And then you walk out. But you're like, just to be, what if God has a plan inside? So I'd get out of my car. Maybe you need to, to park outside. Just pretend your garage is full. Or let it get full. Hoard a little, right? To where you can't park in your garage anymore. So you can't pull in and close the door. To where you have to park outside and maybe meet your neighbor. If you're that close together in a neighborhood like ours. Move some lawn furniture from the backyard to the front. Bolt it down if you have to. You know? <laughs> but just do something to where it like, causes you to be available instead of hidden. Put a refrigerator in your garage. Now the guys are going, preach on, <laughs> pastor. Uh, put beverages of your choosing in it. And... Say, if my garage is open, the refrigerator's open to your neighbors. Just see what happens. Just say it. I don't know. What, do what you need to do to start neighboring. Let the welcome sign or mat or whatever it is on your front entryway mean welcome to anybody. And find out what it's like to live life by removing the closed signs that we project to everybody around us. People are not designed to be preached at or marketed to as a neighbor. They're designed to be in relationship, to be loved, to be encouraged, to be built up. And it might feel clunky at first, but focus on building relationships, not converts, and God's going to use you in amazing ways in this community. Here's your action point. Begin the art of neighboring. Just begin. Just get started. Become an artist at it. Like, have, like, just become great at it and tell your story so others have an example to follow practicing. It just takes a beginning. It just takes an action. It requires repetition. And it's not just a March thing. It's not just a 2017 thing. It really is a lifestyle. So I'm going to pray for you before the worship team closes out in a song. And then we'll have the announcement videos. We flipped the giving talk and announcement videos today. 
Then we have donuts in the back, which is a win. Great Sunday to come. Last Sunday of the month, donut day. And uh, I want to pray for your neighbors. I want to pray for you to be the expression of love to your neighborhood. So God, I thank you for those that are present today. I thank you that you encourage us to be a good neighbor. But yeah, it does take, for some of us, it's a learned skill. We need to practice more. It doesn't come naturally. I pray that God, you'll rise up within each one of us the understanding that your desire is that we neighbor well. That we would stub our toe a little in neighboring. That we would learn whatever we need to do to actually know our neighbor's name and their needs so we could pray for them, so we could be a blessing to them. God, we would not just live our life open with our neighbors so that we could turn them into church attendees or converts, but that we could figure out who they are and appreciate them as a human being. God, if there's some here that are just filled with fear or doubt, that's okay because you built your church on the back of those that were, were filled, fear, filled with fear and doubt, lacked faith even. Maybe someone here today is yet to join in relationship with you. They've yet to say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to know what it is, not just to follow what you taught. I want to follow you. I want, as that one passage said, I want to know everything you taught. God, I pray that people would make that choice today and step forward in faith. They would, they would choose to follow Jesus today. If that's someone in this room, that they would just pray to invite you into their life. Jesus, come into my life. I want to follow you. Every day of my life, help me to learn what that means. May we surround them as a community of followers of Jesus to help them grow in relationship with you. I just thank you that we could rent this school. Thank you that we could make a difference in the lives of those that are in this community, one neighbor at a time. Send us out empowered by your word. In Jesus' name I pray.